3: SportsGrid.com, betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering, real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.
4: Welcome in to our number two of the early line. Kevin Walsh, that's Sunny Right side. We're live on SportsGrid a look at game number five in the World Series. I want to, I got to appreciate it at least when it comes to baseball. You, you just keep on going, man. Just keep on going. I have my complaints at times, but whatever. At least we're here breaking down some more baseball. It's Verlander, Syndergaard, minus one fifty-eight on the Astros. Not what you want if you're the Phils in your own building. Total once again seven and a half. Do you know by the way the combined score of this World Series is fifteen for Houston? And 15 for Philadelphia, it's been tight. 2-2 absolutely justified here. But line it up for the people, DRS. Take the wheel and tell us where to go. What do you like here in Astros-Phillies?
5: Yeah, pretty crazy. Like yesterday, right? Seven and a half, eights hanging out there. If you tell me the Astros got five runs, well, Phillies at least got seven last night, right? No, they didn't. And another game stayed under the total. So we're taking a look at the total tonight, lining up at seven and a half, and it does make some sense. You're expecting a bounce-back performance out of Verlander, but... We've been expecting a bounce-back performance out of Alvin Nola for a while when Philadelphia is an elite pitcher hasn't happened. Zach Wheeler getting touched up. We saw Verlander with a huge lead in game one get touched up, and the Phillies actually won that game down in Houston. So if we're still looking at numbers from the past 30 days and you're saying to yourself, okay, I want to take a, a, a chance here with Verlander, he's been extremely good just not against the Phillies in game one. 37 batters from the left-hand side, Kevin, a 273 weighted on-base percentage. Why does that line up? Well, it should, because you're taking a look at Schwarber and Harper and Stott and Marsh that you should have an advantage on. To right-handed batters, 328 as a weighted on-base percentage, which, keep in mind, 325 is the average, so just slightly above average, but also an ISO power number of 217, so maybe the right-handed bats have an advantage, like JT Ramuto, who had a big-time game in game one. But the thing that worries you more is also when you're looking at psychology of a series. The Philadelphia Phillies had that 2-1 series lead with a ton of momentum bashing and shutting out the Houston Astros the night before. You had Aaron Nola on the mound. You're figuring yourself like, hey, man, we can really be in a position right now where we can throw one of those kitchen sink games at the Astros up three to one and clinch this. Everybody is available to pitch, but if we don't win that game, we still have Zach Wheeler on deck for game six, but now you're going to have to win this game and the better pitchers on the opposite side tonight without a question in Verlander, but if we're looking from a Noah Syndergaard performance, he's been fairly good and you're asking is Rob Thompson to say give me nine outs maybe 10 outs for Syndergaard not give me 15 outs or make sure you pitch into the seventh inning. The Phillies bullpen has performed well outside of Alvarado last night, they've been handling their business. But the question is, when you get a pitcher who's going to win the Cy Young back in Cy Young form after what you just saw last night at a Javier, you sort of question the Philadelphia Phillies a little bit. But then again, in this series where maybe you were looking at the Astros as a dead ball club getting shut out the night before, they did the shutting out last night, so maybe the Phillies will return the favor. I'm not so sure about the 7.5 or the side because I don't want to take the Astros as a heavy favorite on the road, figuring the Phillies' possibility of bouncing back is quite good. But also, I look at the 7.5, and and then I start to turn my theory over the past two games going, you know what? Maybe this game does stay under the total as opposed to going over.
4: So... The issue that I'm having with an under and the reason why I'm interested in the Phillies in this spot. Oh, man, (laughs) I just saw something out of the corner of my eye. I got to bring that up. Now, hold on a minute now. Now, hold on. I wish we would. The radio audience is here. Ah, Welcome in radio audience. We love to see you. We love love to have you. Uh, as I you thought, should be, you're on the up. early line on a Thursday morning. Yeah, it's Kevin Walton, it's Tony Wright's side. It's the Houston Astros. Put it up. And it's the Philadelphia Eagles, some are saying. We're told we're, we're told we're not putting it up here, man, but we're in the mix in a major way. Uh. Here's my thing, though, DRS. Here's my thing. Justin Verlander's kind of been terrible in the playoffs. Mariners yes. lit him up. Yankees left a gang of runs on the table. before, And then he mm-hmm. completely dominated them. And then... Yeah. The Phillies lit him up as well. How much are you trusting Verlander here? You, do, you, do we not feel like he's pretty vulnerable, especially in Philadelphia? Yes, it,
5: it does feel that way, too, because if you're questioning yourself a little bit, and they even asked Verlander the other day, I think it was yesterday, we were in an interview, hey, look, some mechanical issues, I hope I have it worked out, but I won't actually know to I'm out on the mound facing live batters and to test things out in an environment like Citizens Bank ballpark against the Phillies might not go your way. But the one thing you're hanging your hat on is just the pedigree. Like if you would have asked the Houston Astros, hey, by the way, April 1st, you're going to be in a series, two to two in the World Series, where Verlander's going to be a Cy Young candidate and probably win it, and he's going to take them out. Sign me up all day long. This is what you got him for.
4: Yeah, well, that is true. Again, he's going to win the Cy Young and everything, but he's just not been solid. Uh, Quickly, before we uh, wrap this up, are there specific player props that you are eyeing up here for game number five?
5: I don't know about player props here as I'm going to dip into it because that doubles market wasn't kind to me last night, but I do think it's fascinating. But if you're looking at just an Astros team total tonight, if you think they're going to win the game, that sits at four at the FanDuel Sportsbook. I'd be hard-pressed to think this game would end up like two to one in that realm. And as I said, I still am leaning towards the under, but I think the Astros can get the four runs to at least give you that push. I'm actually more confident in that than the Phillies getting over four runs where their team total, Kevin, is only listed at three rooting for the Phillies, but if I'm being honest, Mm -hmm. the Astros have the advantage tonight. They do.
4: It will be interesting if we get the usual postseason very, very low scoring game. We have seen now back-to-back shutouts, but still, there's been at least five runs in every game, seven plus in three of the four. We're talking college hoops
3: next
0: the slice of skates cutting across the ice but what about this one that's the sound of all the sports you love all at once starting at $40 a month experience it all live with Sling Sling
6: when it comes to buying your first home everyone has questions
0: can we even afford to buy a house right now well I need to negotiate
7: how do I even negotiate
6: luckily a Remax agent has answers
7: hey Brian those are really good questions
6: they are thanks it's my first time buying
7: i work with first-time buyers all the time i got you
6: remax agents have more experience than other real estate agents visit remax.com or download the remax app to find the right agent the right agent can lead the way each office independently owned and operated
1: everybody in your crew identifies as either big mac burger mcnuggets or mccrispy sandwich but you're the filet fish sandwich all day That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it every time.
2: And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price.
1: Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. College basketball in the news As we are approaching the beginning of the
4: season... Monday, Monday, this coming Monday, is college basketball on. I've heard, I mean, rumors are swirling that you're not waiting this year until January to give out team totals, but you're going to be on them start of the season. You've been scouting, you you and the big man? I just found
5: out, like, Carolina's supposed to have a good basketball team. Sign me (laughs) up, man. That's my team all in on
4: Carolina this year. That's my thing. Uh, underdog, sto- underdog story, right side, All the way through. and the tar yep. heels. Nobody man. had him I mean, but me. That's one one thousand percent the third choice to win the this championship this season. Uh, the Gonzaga Bulldogs, though, in the headlines is they're eyeing up a move to the Big Twelve. And the reaction to this, I think, for a lot of people, was one, finally, and two. Wait a minute, don't you mean the Pac-12, as that was always the expectation of where we would think Gonzaga would go? But you have to kind of make the connection almost here in a way, right? If they're going to the Big 12, and I know, isn't that another sign that the Pac-12 is hanging on by a thread here? If this is what the Bulldogs think is best for their basketball program?
5: Exactly, and and you hit the nail on the head with that. But also, let's take a look at the bigger picture here because Gonzaga isn't one of those teams, Kevin, that just hangs on to try to be a top 25 team now. You take a look at the AP poll here. They're number two to start the season. So there is some cachet with that. But I also have to say, be careful sometimes what you wish for and what you think is going to be financial gain for Gonzaga going to the Big 12. It's maybe the most dominant basketball conference now that we have in the country but that nice little appeal that you had with Mark Few going, hey, we're going to run the table, we're going to beat everybody up in our conference here in the West Coast Conference, and then we're going to have a top seed in the tournament and see if we can win a championship. Watch out, because when you go to the Big 12 and you usually sit down with a crew and go, you want to go 31-1 and this year in the regular season? You come play for us here. But now you're saying on a night-to-night basis, well, hey, we face St. Mary twice a year. We get up for that and then pace them at least one game by 20 points. And then when you get to Morag, it might be a tough little game there to have. But everybody else is basically a breather on your schedule outside of the non-conferences here, Kevin. But now you're going to be facing Baylor, Kansas, TCU, Texas, Texas Tech, West Virginia, Oklahoma on a night-to-night mm-hmm. basis. Maybe your program loses less the go. Why am I going to Gonzaga? They're a mid-ling team in the Big 12 now. Not saying they would be, but the reason they have such a competitive advantage now with few is he can sell you on, I'm going to put you in the NBA, you're going to have a crazy winning record, and let's see if we can win a national championship, which might get hindered by going to the Big 12.
4: So, they're ultimately still, like they're, never, they're not missing the tournament, right? I understand... Mm-hmm. I think the big difference to me is you basically can now not pencil them in for a one seed. And and look, it's not that they don't play anybody, but it's that they play five teams that are inside the top fifteen. They go anywhere from four and one to three and two in those games, and then they just beat everybody else. It's like, well, they've only got four losses. They're a one seed. It's like, all right, fine, right? They're number one in Ken Palm every year. We get it. There, there are more traps now on a schedule, but they'll probably. But teams out of the Big Twelve get one seeds overall. We know they always have tons of talent mm-hmm. on the Gonzaga yeah. roster. I just want to throw this out there though, because I know that it's normal in professional sports and colleges approaching the kind of getting closer to professional sports, right? It's just a lot of travel, man, to be going from you know Gonzaga to then having to run the gauntlet. Of, right, we're in Baylor, and the next day we're at Kansas, and then the next and in a week we're in K, K- State. Like, and I know and this isn't just a Gonzaga problem, right? It's the UCLA USC trip over to the Big Ten. Don't, isn't it just? It's a lot, isn't it? Like this kind of travel that's going to be now going on. For, like, for Baylor to Gonzaga is a lot, but it's isolated. Do you know what I mean? For the Bulldogs, yep. every road game is a four-hour flight?
5: Yeah, no, it's going to be that case. I mean, a lot of chartered flights in the future, but that's the future of college basketball and college football at this point and, quite frankly, any sport. You're right. You, have to, you know, talking about UCLA and USC, hey, they're going to the Big Ten. That's fantastic for money. And they say, well, hold on, man. Like our normal game on a Tuesday where you might have just you know shot up to Stanford or down to Arizona. We're going to go to Rutgers on a Tuesday night across the country to play. And that's going to have the feeling with Gonzaga. And also, maybe you don't get those scheduling opportunities that were so much fun. As you pointed out there, you make that Texas swing. You might be down there for four and five days straight before returning home here playing 10 bell games night after night. Welcome to the real world, Gonzaga. I like the fact that they're actually challenging this. they supposed to go, no, 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 no. This works well for us here. Credit Mark Few for saying, you know what? I'm not going to jump into just some any basketball league. Let's get into the Big 12 and let's go toe-to-toe. So I do like the fact that he
4: appreciates his program and he thinks they can step up. Yeah, two more notes I want to get to here. This one is, it's, it's big in headlines, but does it matter? Kansas suspends Bill Self for four games. It's a self-imposed suspension okay fine right but it's four games Omaha North Dakota State Duke Southern Utah so he's missing the Duke game and again what's that really going to matter again it's a story but if this is the end of the story that he's going to miss four games Donnie it it doesn't really mean all that much to me
5: yeah, shame on college basketball. And I've been a proponent of this for a long time. I don't care what the rules are. As long as there rules, there are rules in place that you cannot break. If SportsGrid told me today, Donnie, wear that red shirt again, we will fire you, and I wore a red shirt, I deserve to be fired. But if you take a look at the totality of this, an FBI investigation had your program on wiretap paying players to go to your university, which if you look at the Ten Commandments of the NCAA over the past 50 years is you can't pay anybody to have this turnout to be a slap on the wrist. You know what the NCAA should have done? Hey, you know what? Coach the regular season. No postseason for your basketball team this year because of what you did. You know how many times we see those arguments? kids? Why would you penalize the kids now for something that happened six to seven years ago? Don't penalize them. Penalize the program. Penalize the coach himself. Four games for paying players to go to your school, which was like the death penalty at least 10 years ago. Disgraceful by college basketball. It is.
4: It is just interesting. It's like ah, it's all right, guys. Our bad. We'll do four games. I want to make sure we get to this exactly. because it kind of blew my mind. Uh, odds to win the national championship, right? Gonzaga, Houston, UNC, fourth option, Kentucky, twelve to one. Yeah. Listen to John Calipari tell you why maybe you should not be making that bet. T- take a listen and watch this.
0: Let me explain to you, and you know I'm honest about stuff. We're not where we need to be right now. And I'm looking at November and December saying we could be a little shaky. And what we're building to and what we're doing every day, these guys are giving everything. I love the pieces. I love the teammates. But what we have to do to win at the highest level is going to take us a little time. Just, I just, what
4: Coach Donnie, with top five expectations, goes, you know, oh man, I got to sit down in my office and basically tell everybody we might stink out loud. What is that from Calipari? Uh, either he th- figures he's lost it coaching and he has no idea what he's
5: doing anymore. Is this is the basic, best con man video I've seen of why you should place your money on Kentucky. You've got to be kidding me! You're right. A top four right now in the AP. He's basically coming out and saying, "Hey, look, man, we don't win a game until January. Don't fault us. We'll get it together." Are you kidding me? Come on now.
4: Jeez. <laughs> here's the other. Well, here's the other thing: is like, man, listen, man, it's gonna be a t- it's gonna be a tough November, right? Okay, they do play Gonzaga, right? There's a neutral site game against an unranked Michigan State. Howard, Duquesne, South Carolina State, North Florida, Bellarmee. If he loses one of those games, Donnie, yeah. we're going to have to go back. He's going to go back to that video and be like, look, man, I told you it was going to be a long November. Listen, man. Listen, man. What you are not going to do is lose to North Florida and be like, it's an early season, man. How did – He's just—John Calipari is crazy, man, but I absolutely love him. He's totally—listen, it's going to be a long season. You know I'm honest with you. Yeah, bro, I don't want you to be honest with me. Go figure out how to beat me all
3: right? Do me that favor. We're
4: coming right back
0: a slice of skates cutting across the ice but what about this one that's the sound of all the sports you love all at once starting at 40 dollars a month experience it all live with sling sling when it comes to buying your first home
6: everyone has
0: questions
7: can we even afford to buy a house right now well i need to negotiate
0: how do i even negotiate
6: luckily a remax agent has answers
7: hey brian those are really good questions
6: they are? Thanks. It's my first time buying.
7: I work with first-time buyers all the time. I got you.
6: REMAX agents have more experience than other real estate agents. Visit REMAX.com or download the REMAX app to find the right agent. The right agent can lead the way. Each office independently owned and operated.
1: Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day.
4: I'm still thinking about it. Yeah, can we can we transfer that over to like our our personal lives or anything like that? Like, yes. Listen, you can. I understand. I understand, man. You know, we you want us to be delivering the best, you know, football betting content you want, but pff, it's early, all right. I mean, you, you give us a little bit of time, and maybe we'll start breaking games down the way you want. Like, how do we how do we start to turn that around? I think you know,
5: it gives me a good idea, like tomorrow, I'm just going to pile a bunch of books up on my desk here to look like Cal's desk. I mean, hey, look, man, <laughs> man it's college basketball season's starting. You know, you don't expect me to check in until about February at this point. Don't be upset about it, because once February comes, I'm going to be locked in, ready to go, and be able to give you the best wagers <laughs> possible, yeah. even though there's only three yeah. games left in the season. I'm just letting you know up
4: front. I'm thinking now, because you know on that Monday we're going to do a little college basketball and oh. you can't take anything serious as is. You all you all out there watching and listen know that Donnie's just going to essentially repeat the Cal video verbatim when I ask him what he likes in some of the opening contests, but that's yeah. besides the point. Now, let me give you a little bit of tip, too. You want a little
5: behind-the-scenes action on college basketball. So, I see that in the rundown today. So, all right, let me get a little bit prepared, which, again, I didn't get a little bit prepared. Right before we just went on the air, I hit the rankings for this season. I had to do, like, a double take. You know, like, the check marks on Twitter. You got to make sure you're seeing what it is. I wanted to make sure it wasn't looking at like last year because, quite frankly, if UNC was number one or 25 this year, Kevin, I would have no idea. So, at least I did get that one right here. Go, Carolina.
4: Yeah. Good. Hey, look, you're all you're all over it, man. Nothing's getting by you. This is your season. We're, uh, we love to see it. Uh, let's talk a little bit about, about some of the NFL season leaders, though, uh, as we are now eight games in for a lot of these teams, and there are some guys that have established themselves near the top of the boards here and have pulled away from others. Here's a couple of guys in the mix. I want to start with the receiving touchdowns market. Because I think what's very interesting when you look at the top two choices in Stephon Diggs and Travis Kelsey is it's obvious the connection to their quarterbacks in Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes. Diggs is the favorite of plus 340. Travis Kelsey is your second option at plus 420. Devontae Adams, Cooper Cup, and Mark Andrews round out your top five. Who catches your eye the most in this market? It's a very good market
5: because it's clustered here, Kevin. It's not one where you say to yourself, hey, look, Diggs has 15 touchdown catches and in second place has Kelsey with seven who is going to catch up to one another. So when you look in there, Diggs has seven, Kelsey's got seven, Chase six, five, 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 like all the way down the board. You're needing one big game from one of these wide receivers back about three or four touchdowns to be a legitimate chance to take this down. Now, at the FanDuel Sportsbook, you see some of those odds posted. Diggs at a plus 340. He should be up there. Kelsey at 420. He should be up there. But if I'm trying to maximize what I think might happen, I'm looking farther down the board. Now, you're not going to take Jamar Chase. He's going to miss four to five weeks, and who knows if he's going to be healthy for the rest of the season so you see him with six touchdown catches he's already out regardless of what the price point would be Devontae Adams is intriguing for me because he is a stats eater out there when the things are good for him he's a guy that can go 10 catches 122 yards and three touchdowns and put himself right back in but I'm going to keep moving down Mark Andrews trusting him as well but I find myself at A.J. Brown Five touchdown catches on the season. Clearly the apple of Jalen Hurts' eye here. And looks like they're starting to heat up with that connection. They got a game tonight where I'm not going to count it. If you tell me right now who leads the Eagles in touchdowns tonight, who can score more than one, it's A.J. Brown for me. So if you look at his stat line here, 11-1 to one on the FanDuel Sportsbook here when he's only two back of Stephon Diggs, that's a guy that I would be checking in on, Kevin.
4: I think that's very reasonable. I think I've found the Eagles at times to be a back-and-forth battle on how many times it's going to be hurts throwing it, it's hurts running it. Is it Miles Sanders? Is it Kenneth Gainwell, right? These things are always very tricky to be figuring out, I think, at times. I think there's a reasonable argument that if you bet Diggs and Kelsey, like, look, one of these guys is going to take me home because the passing touchdown leaderboard – Mahomes plus 175. Josh Allen, two to one. Next closest is six to one. Again, the connection is very obvious. But let me also trip down the board a little bit, a little bit further than you did. Amari Cooper's 25 to one, five receiving touchdowns. And you know exactly where I'm going with this. He's doing this with Jacoby Brissett. Sure, maybe he doesn't have the same connection with Deshaun Watson. But Jacoby Brissett, over under one and a half passing touchdowns every game, is plus money to the over. That will not be the case when Watson shows up. And again, he's only two back, as you've talked about here. Any juice on an Amari Cooper, 25-1? to 1? It's, it's fascinating because I, I like where you're going with
5: this by saying, all right, let's just not take the top of the leaderboard and make the easy choice. Who's a legitimate guy if you think outside the box that could get heated up regardless? Because the one thing that we like, even if you say today, Kevin, I don't think the Cleveland Browns are going to make the playoffs. It doesn't matter. Your only goal was then going to be like, let's get Watson some games in here. And you know what you do with him? Not hand the football 35 times in a game. You let him throw to work out those kinks We can only benefit your wide-receiving core. It's a nice outside-the-box thought because there's two ways. Hey, look, he's a good rapport with Jacoby Brissett. Does he lose that with Deshaun Watson? And what you're saying is I'm betting on that it's only going to get better. And also, if Deshaun Watson is out there for five, six, or seven games, it's not to hand the football off. It's to try to make a run at the playoffs, but also knock the rust off yourself by throwing 35 to 40 times a game.
4: Also... It, it's not going to be a team that I'm all of a sudden worried about. Oh, but what if he loves David and Joku? Like, that's fine, right? Like, he can. But I think Amari Cooper yeah. can still be just the guy. Rushing touchdown leaderboard. Nick Chubb, plus 195. Derek Henry, plus 290. And then it's Jalen Hurts, who's the third option at 9-1. to Crazy. Tied with Jamal Williams. Outrageous. Josh Jacobs rounds out your top five at 11-1. to uh, is again like is it is it just chubb man uh, what here's the thing donny right he's plus 195 is this plus 100 yeah. if they trade kareem hunt
5: yes correct i, I think that's the part of it goes into it he's still going to lead that goal back scenario but you know the earnest coming off the bench not going to be as impressive as kareem hunt I, I do think you're right on that though if he did get moved at the deadline who yeah. else is getting that football on the goal line
4: it, it, it's obviously him. And look, he still has a lead as we acknowledge, right? Jamal Williams is second with eight, which is crazy. Uh, look, if DeAndre Swift is going to end up getting shut down or something like that, maybe. Okay. He's nine to one. Derrick Henry's three back. Everybody else is four back. Are you looking to bet anybody that's not Nick Chubb in this market? I mean, it's
5: funny you say that, too, because usually you would go right to Derrick Henry and say, yes, give me that. But sometimes it's not just about taking Derrick Henry. What's the price point I'm getting? Derrick Henry's not leading the pack here. He's three back of the Cleveland Browns running back Nick Chubb, but I'm only getting a plus 290 price on that because you see the jump. Right. Chubb plus 195, Henry plus 290, Jalen Hurts at 9-1. to one. Now, I don't think Jalen Hurts is going to lead that market and even if I do think Derrick Henry has a legitimate chance to overtake Nick Chubb, let's just say injury, not injury, it just happened one of his, hey, two straight weeks here, Henry had three touchdowns and then three touchdowns, look at them in a neck and neck race. I need more than a plus plus two. 90 price on that spot.
4: I think that's understandable. I I don't love the Titans offense as much too. where it's like, oh, clearly they're going to be scoring a bunch. I'll throw Kenneth Walker out there at 20 to 1. Essentially four games where he's kind of taken over the backfield touchdowns in all of them. Mm -hmm. One multiple touchdown game. It might take a Chubb injury because he's five back. But if I told you Nick Chubb was out of the market, you'd be interested then because he's only two back of a Derrick Henry, right? So I yes. don't think Kenneth Walker at twenty to one is a bad look, right? He just might continue to find a way. Last market I want to get to here: most interceptions thrown. Shout out Kenny Pickett being the favorite at three to one. This was mm-hmm. the Matt Ryan Award. It felt like destined to be, and then Matt <laughs> Ryan was benched. I'm surprised you can't still bet on him just in case they Tough throw scene. him back out there. Yeah. What are you doing with the most picks in the league? Is this is this just going to be the rookies award here? I don't think so here. Now, hear me out on this. You got Kenny
5: Pickett here at the FanDuel Sportsbook at a 3-1 to price. You got Matthew Stafford at 5-1. to If you're looking at both of those quarterbacks, what do you like about it? Well, unless, you know, the Rams are out of it with three games to go, and they say, let's shut down Matthew Stafford for that elbow injury that we tried to lie about in the preseason, and we can't lie about it Mm -hmm. anymore. Let's get him some help. He's going to be up there, and the same thing with Kenny Pickett. But the one thing I worry a little bit about Kenny Pickett is, I always preface this by saying, the Steelers are a wacky organization because they want to win. Oh, he said, boy. that doesn't make any sense. No, hear me out on this, Stop right? This. If you think If at any moment Mike Tomlin thinks that Mitchell Trubisky is going to give him a better chance to win a meaningless football game, the Steelers, I think, would actually have thought processes about doing that. Like, oh, you know, let's move on from picket for the next two games because we think we might be able to win one of these. That's what leaves me a little bit leery. Forget about Mac Jones. You're not going to let him throw enough. But how about the fourth guy in line? Justin Fields at 14 to one. Now, if you take a look where he currently sits, six interceptions, not far off that leaderboard. No way, shape, or form is he, outside of injury, going to be benched. I think there's a legitimate chance now also, Kevin. You added Chase Claypool, so most people say like, hey, that should help him with interceptions. I think the opposite. Now that he has a player that he feels he can get the football to, maybe he takes more risks. Maybe in the quarterback room you're calling more pass plays now for the Chicago Bears. I like Justin Fields. Not to say it's going to have a bad season, but a legitimate chance at a nice price
4: to overtake that interceptions lead by the end of the season. I agree with everything you said about fields. I think it's a really good point. Claypool's the kind of guy that you have too much confidence in throwing the football down the field to, and it just does not go your way. I -hmm. think that's a great point. If they... There is no way they bench Kenny Pickett. I cannot see any planet in Mm -hmm. which that happens. That would be... Then we would have to start talking about some job security thing there and who's lost what fastballs. There is no way. Bring you over to my side. Yeah, bring you over to my side. There is no way that that happens. An insane take out of you. It's Thursday Night Football, folks.
1: keep
4: this party rocking it is time for thursday night football very very excited for this game i know everyone thinks it's going to be a blowout if it is mm-hmm. that's probably good news and if it's close it should be fascinating the eagles are a 14 point favorite on the road here in houston 45 and a half is the total for this game side total what's your look
5: Uh, Eagles to cover the 14 game to stay under 45 and a half. Reasons behind that, I just watched the Houston Texans. And that's my analysis of their offense and defense. Now back to the Philadelphia Eagles. Top five in offense, top five in defense. I believe we'll be able to rush the passer. If Brandon Cooks doesn't play tonight, and we're not talking about Brandon Cooks here as the best wide receiver in the NFL, like it's DeAndre Hopkins, who quite frankly, still should be on the Texans at this point. Who else do they have? Are you telling me a rookie running back is going to break the Eagles' back run up and down the field because Jordan Davis is on IR for the next four weeks? They can't stop anybody? I don't think so here. If the Philadelphia Eagles just roll their helmet out on the football field, they should have the 14 points of the line in their pocket by halftime.
4: I'll be honest with you. I'd be pretty surprised if the Eagles covered this game. This is not how the National Football League works. It's just not. not only 14 on the road. And look at the Eagles this year and what they've been able to do covering numbers. At home, it's been fantastic. They've covered all of them. On the road, a losing record against the number, which is what we're talking about. The Texans this year as an underdog are 500 3-3 and 1 against the spread. That's what we're talking about here. The Texans aren't as good as the Eagles. It's a Thursday night It's on the road. It's a spot where you look ahead a little bit because you're not trusting the Texans to be all that dangerous. We've seen the Birds play close games. In Arizona, they needed a late drive to go out and win it. They obviously pummeled the commanders on the road, right? We know that. But against Detroit, week one, they were up a zillion. and Then they left the back door open. This game... Could very well be birds up 20 in the fourth. And you can lose this minus 14 ticket. That's how it goes. That's just how this sport works. Teams don't rip off, they don't cover every single game. I know they smashed the Steelers. It was a great spot for them to smash Pittsburgh off of a buy in their own building. I would genuinely be I'd be happy, impressed. But I would be surprised if the Eagles run away and hide and win this game by 24 points, like you're suggesting. If we're looking to take a look at the scenario, like you're probably
5: better off if you just head west, go out to Odessa, Texas, and take on Permian at this point. Because that's basically the football team that you have in Texas right now for the Houston Texans. But if we're looking at the game analysis and saying typically, yes, it's hard to go on the road on a Thursday night, I might bet here, Kevin, there's more Eagles fans in the building than Texans fans tonight. It's a Thursday night football game with a dreadfully poor team. And, you know, before the season, the Eagles fans, hey, you know what, let's pick a game out this year. We'll go to Houston this year. And also, let's keep in mind, the Phillies and the Astros are in the World Series. Now, in Philadelphia, yeah, sure, we're going to care a little bit about the Philadelphia Eagles undefeated, the only team left in football. But if you are a Houston fan, and you probably like your Astros way more anyway than you like your Texans, what are you doing with your tickets tonight? Are you going to this Thursday night football game and have the Texans Who actually said already, hey, guys, come out to the game. We're going to put it on. We might just put the game on the scoreboard while this game is going on on the field so you can pay attention to it. Hugh in Houston even cares about this game to even give you a little bit of a Clap from the upper deck if you do something good tonight. It's going to be a dead environment where I think the Eagles really take advantage of it. And by the third quarter, you might even get those swells of Eagles fans in Houston. Like, where is this game actually being played and what is going on now? Typically, you know me, home team or no team, and I don't care that this is the Philadelphia Eagles. This is one of the worst mismatches we've ever seen from a road team's perspective in the history of Thursday Night Football for me.
4: Look, again, I know the Texans are outmatched here. We, in the opening hour of this show, one of these teams is favored to have the best record in football. The other is favored to have the worst record in football. There, there is no doubt about it that there is a gap here in talent and everything of the nature. This is how 14-point spreads work to me, especially when one team is coming off an embarrassing non-cover where they closed as a favorite and the other is coming off of complete domination over the Pittsburgh Steelers. You said you like under in the football game. Hopefully that doesn't deter props too much, though. Talk to me about the touchdown scorers market, a minus 120 number on Jalen Hurts. I think it makes some sense. But also, if I'm looking, Miles Sanders
5: seems like a shoe in the score touchdown. If he's going to be the primary back, and I do think that the Eagles will be in the red zone, he's probably going to get one. Hence, he's a plus 100 to get in the end zone. Not getting a great price value. But I look at the guy right behind him even more. A.J. Brown, last game, you know, sort of setting the standard for what we anticipate the rest of the season being between both himself and Jalen Hurts. That plus 100 number, that also, excuse me, plus 110, also feels like a steal to me. Those are the guys that I'd be looking for, I would be shocked if Miles Sanders and A.J. Brown don't each come away with a touchdown catch in this ballgame.
4: I think what's interesting. A touchdown
5: catch, yeah.
4: yeah, no, I got you. But uh, uh, watch, Sanders will catch one now, too, so you can kind yeah, exactly. of really run it up yeah, the scoreboard. Okay. Here's yep, the interesting thing, though, with the Eagles, to me, in terms of how they're going to get their touchdowns, right? Ballparking mm-hmm. a score... You're gonna like them for because th- you like under, right? Three to four yep. touchdowns, right? You're not Correct. we're not talking 35-10, thir- yep. I know, but probably three to four touchdowns, right? Yes. It just rotates, it feels like all the time for me as to how they're going to get them. Yeah, last game Jalen threw four, right? But before that, it was two, zero, zero. Then it was three, then it was one, then it was zero. He has as many games with no touchdown passes as multiple touchdown passes. He has six rushing touchdowns this year. Kenneth Gainwell's been in the end zone. Boston Scott's been in the end zone. That this is I think the Eagles for me are the are the most difficult touchdown scorer team to bet in the league, and it's their quarterback is minus 120 to score, like. And they're big favorites. Look at his over-under passing touchdown number here tonight, okay? Minus 106 yes. over. How many quarterbacks in this spot? If this if this was Joe Burrow, right? It's like minus 168 over the one and a half. And that's not that Burrow's better yeah. than Hurts. It's not even the point. It's that Joe's going to throw them. That's how that works, right? It's that the Eagles can do it in so many different ways. It, it's just it's tricky to me to narrow things in, it almost then, for me, DRS, is I want to start plus money playing. Can I get one to Devonta or one to Dallas Goddard? What if I go with your old strategy? Give me Gainwell and Boston Scott, cross my fingers, one of them finds the end zone, I'm cashing better than 4-1. to Do you know what I mean? Yes. No, I know
5: exactly what you mean. It does make a lot of sense. And what you're basically saying is one of these strengths for the Philadelphia Eagles is they have a million different ways to score touchdowns. We're not talking about, oh, look at this, Derrick Henry in the red zone. Well, who else is going to get the football but Derrick Henry? You got Dallas Goddard out there. Mm-hmm. That's a legitimate chance. Devonta Smith, A.J. You know, AJ Brown, at wide receiver, and three or four running backs, which we include, the quarterback into that scenario gives you a lot of different options. But you just touched on my favorite prop in the game which I understand where it's coming from because of the overall touchdowns that your quarterback has through the air. But when I look at this game, a bottom two or three defense in the NFL with a terrible pass rush and with the elite offensive lines in the game one and a half at minus 106 for a throwing touchdown prop for Jalen Hurts just seems crazy to me. Now, do I want to bet that he throws one in the first half, one in the second half? Not necessarily, but if you ask me right now, if I think the Eagles are going to get four touchdowns, like a 31 to 12 type final tonight. Two of those are going to be coming from the air for Jalen Hurts. tonight. I honestly believe that it's one of those things where you throw two touchdowns, then you double down on that. It's one. I don't think he's going to go and Hey, you know, what, guys, let's get everybody involved here and rush for four touchdowns. I think he's going to throw at least two touchdowns tonight versus the Houston, Texas. And AJ Brown is going to be certainly a big part of that.
4: Look, he, he certainly could. I think there's a world that you could sell me on. If he wants to, he will. Right, They have given up the second-fewest passing touchdowns in the National Football League, the Houston Texans. Not because they have a great secondary. This rushing defense is pitiful. Again, we talk about what just happened last week with them against the Tennessee Titans, Donnie, right? I mean, yeah. Malik Willis threw the football one time in the second half, and there's no wind in Houston. That would be, it would be silly for us to even throw the football. The Eagles could win this game with zero pass attempts, zero pass attempts from Jalen Hurts. That's the mismatch level that we are looking at here in this respect. The only quarterback this year that's thrown for multiple touchdown passes was Justin Herbert against this team. I'm interested. We talk rushing numbers, not like Miles Sanders, 79 and a half is a big number. I think this is a game where Hertz gets over forty one and a half. I think I think he gets a huge chunk on a big keeper. This team cannot defend the run. It is it is just awful. It's every game. They allow, allow one hundred and eighty six rushing yards per game. It's just gonna be a lot for me in that market. Talk to me. Match specials. What do you like? Yeah, not a
5: lot of match specials here that I like because I did peruse the board because the problem is when you're looking at max specials, you want to say to yourself, all right, both of these teams are going to be able to participate. You have some extremely low things like Miles Sanders, Damian Pierce, A.J. Brown, and Philip Dorsett to combine for three touchdowns. That's four players to get three. Not, one, not three of those four players have to each get one. Miles Sanders scores three himself. You cash that ticket in. But I look at this bet and go, okay, it's Miles Sanders and A.J. Brown. Can I get three touchdowns out of those two guys? And it's not even to say that I don't think the Houston Texans are going to score a touchdown. I do think there's a chance that they're really helping back tonight. And the reason why Philip Dorsett is in there as opposed to Brandon Cooks is we're not even sure if he's showing up for this ball game, which really hinders that offense. So when you're trying to lump these teams in the two, like you're 504, well, you better hope that the heavy slugging is going to be 350 plus yards here from Jalen Hurts and three touchdown passes in order to try to cash that ticket in. So if I'm looking at even the one-and-one, Kevin, which is plus 270, which you figure the Eagles are already in the door for a one-and-one, but the problem is, do I even think I'm getting two touchdowns even from the Texans? This is one of those few games on a standalone that I'm going to be like, hey, you know what? I'm going to pass when the game specials here, and I'm just going to go after some Eagles props individually by themselves.
4: So, for the first time I've ever seen this, they have posted the Eagles one and one. It's minus, it's a personal Eagles one and one, it's minus oh. 260. I've never seen that before. Wow. One number I'm interested cool. in yeah. under game specials featured is Hertz for 20 rushing yards in each half. It's plus 260. Just to emphasize this once again, it's interesting. They allow 186 rushing yards per game. That is 30 more than the next closest team. It's an astronomical number. I just I'm trying to find stuff that involves. Running the football here, ultimately, like can I can they give us the Jalen Hurts one and one, is what I really yeah. want. DRS, like mm. Hurts to throw one and to run one, like that's the number that we really need, it's and we can run one. it up the flagpole here tonight. That would be how much? What do you want on it? Give me seven to one, seven to one. Come on. Yeah, I'm. It's reach for the don't sky. Hold your breath, people. Reach for don't the sky. Hold your breath. DRS will close it out after the break.
1: Final segment
5: of the day, right here for the early line on the Sports Grid Network, Sirius XM channel one fifty nine. Donnie, right side, Kevin Walsh, having some fun from seven to nine a.m. Setting the table before we give it over to the morning after, and the rest of your Sports Grid Day. A lot of topics covered today on a wide-ranging array of subjects. You know, One of my favorites here, the Philadelphia Eagles. Yeah, they're going to play the Houston Texans tonight, the Philadelphia Phillies in the World Series against the Houston Astros, and also looking forward to this weekend as well. Big college football games. will certainly preview tomorrow on a football Friday here on the network. But Major League Baseball tonight for me in Philadelphia is going to take center stage, and the World Series is giving us everything. listen up fantastic stuff if you're paying attention to the world series which a lot of people are ratings are up here everybody's feeling good good vibes in the city of brotherly love last night a huge opportunity missed by going up three to one on the houston astros but honestly you know deserve to win that game the houston astros it's a no hitter only the second time in over 100-plus years of World Series action that there has been a no-hitter. Now, it was a combined no-hitter, so some of the luster taken off the top. Sure it was, but more importantly, the Houston Astros got back into this series in a game that had Aaron Nola, a Phillies ace, on the mound at home looking to take that 3-1 advantage. So if you're looking from Game 1, where the Phillies were looking to get blown out and ha-ha-ha, those Houston Astros might sweep them, they come back and win in probably six to five. Game two, normal analysis there. Astros jump out, close out the Phillies five to two. But then the game number three, which returned back to Philadelphia, where the Philadelphia Phillies bombed five home runs into the seats to shut out the Houston Astros. Only a favor returned by the Houston Astros with a shutout performance, which included a no-hitter. So what are you going to get tonight? Game five from Philadelphia, Verlander on the mound. Same spooky environment might pop up here, which from game one, he was shelled by the Phillies. We'll see what happens. But the one thing we can all agree on, it's a compelling World Series. And again, it is giving us everything we thought it would be. Let's see what happens tonight. Stay tuned to the morning after. Coming up next, right here on
6: The Grid.